Hello fellow coaches, do you struggle with perfectionism, impossibly high standards, wanting to make things right before it even leaves the room? Well, we get caught in this stuff really easily. I did this week. Should I do this before that? What about that before this? And what if I put this out and then it doesn't work? Oh, the thoughts that go around in our head. Well, if you're anything like me, you still get caught in the trap. So let's work out the fine line between real mastery and when we're sabotaging our success. Join us today. Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market and get more business coming your way all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. Well, hello and welcome back to the Visible Coaches podcast with Angela and Anka. So our question today is still a perfectionist, question mark. And the reason why we've called it this is because uh, you could Google anything around perfectionism and you would probably get into millions of posts content bits etc so being a perfectionist is nothing new to any of us but you know you might identify with that or you might not identify it but in our conversation today we're going to open the realms of what is behind that and also you might see something new about yourself that might hopefully free you from waiting until the time is right for everything that you do so let's dive in so we were just having this discussion beforehand and I said, you know, perfectionism to me, um, there's a difference between perfectionism and mastery. We were talking about me having a little bit of a cold and how I'm, you know, moving my voice around because as 10 years as a voice coach, you really understand your voice and what to do to to work around things that would, you know, otherwise stop people, other people from moving forward because I've just got more mastery of this subject over the years, but I'm not a perfectionist around it because I understand the subject more. And then we talked about the fear, didn't we? You know, behind this and this 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 area. So let's just dive in there around the difference between mastery and perfectionism and judgment and fear. Let's just open this topic. Yeah, it's a lovely kind of worms to open. <laughs> Because I think perfectionism is a bit of a tricky one because it has a positive element to it, right? You know, it's one of those things when people in interviews are asked, so what's your biggest weakness? Everybody says, I'm a perfectionist because at the heart of it, they think it's a good thing, right? So because I do my job really, really well, I'm very you know, diligent and I work really hard to get it right. So which is kind of a, which is a positive quality. That's, I think that's the tricky bit. That's the pitfall in it because the flip side of that, and that's the reason we're talking about it is that so many people will hold back from making a move, posting that post, creating and publishing that video, sending that email, making that call because 
they're never ready. Like it's never good enough. They always, there's always like, it needs a little more, you know, like the artist who can never finish a painting because there's always a, another stroke, you know, and that looking for that piece of perfection. And if you build a business, it makes it really hard to build anything because you're not going to make a move. You, you're not taking action. And that's why it's worth unpacking because it's really like a big, big stumbling block, you know, and at the end of it, if you feel you have this sense, oh, I need to see the whole path in front of me before I can make a move. Why is that? Like, what are you scared of? You know, is it the judgment? Is it disappointing? Is Like, you know, like, I think if you look at it, and I can't remember where I heard it, but there was this saying that perfectionist is an expression of fear. So the question becomes, what's the fear all about? I, I think that is so true. And the amount of times that I have heard and sometimes experienced in myself, you see, I wouldn't have even recognized it as perfectionism at one point. I would I would have thought it was trying to get things right, like lining my ducks up in a row, making sure that things were in the right order so that everything could go right. Well, the, the clear thing behind that is I'm, I'm worried that if, if all of those ducks start swimming in other directions, that I won't be able to handle it, that I won't have the capacity to cope. And therein lies, I think, a real gift in, in just thinking about your own um, relationship to having to have your ducks lined up in a row. And when is that a good thing? And when is that a, a sabotage? So I knew when I was putting on live events that to have things planned out and to reverse engineer who was going on at what time, that was something I could actually plan out. I could plan the start time of the event. I could plan the end of the event. I could plan which singers and, and, and who was on what area and how long we were going to have for the interval, etc. And, and how many chairs were in the room and what sort of time they needed to be put out before we opened the doors. All of those were absolute easy things to plan because they were tangible and we could work with them. So having my ducks lined up in a row when it came to putting on an event was a really practical and common sense thing to do. Roll on starting my business and going out into the marketplace with a new idea, a new service, and there are no ducks to line up in the row. I have no idea which kind of person even if I have an ideal client, okay, you know, for me in 2019, it was switching to work with senior leaders, but I couldn't actually plan which people were actually going to say yes to me and to the work that I was doing. I could go out, I could speak to people, but I could take actions, but I certainly couldn't go, well, it's going to be you and it's going to be you and it's going to be you. That was something that I couldn't determine. And to, to worry that I need to get everything right so that somebody would say yes to me really does get in the way of working that stuff out in your first few years of business. Yeah, totally. It's also quite, well, call it arrogant. <laughs> you know, it's almost arrogant in a sense to think that you can figure out everything about like you know yeah if you have something that you want to plan that's a whole well yeah obviously right but if you build a business and you looking at offering something to other people like right, that that is designed to help other people 
for you to think you can figure it all out in your head without ever asking the other people, well, that's a little cocky, right? <laughs> because it's like you, you, you're pretending that you are able to read their minds, right? So because I don't think you can, like getting it right isn't the starting point. Getting it right is the result of having... Co- conversations in a number of different shapes it can be posts it can be interviews it can be sales calls you know but having that conversation of like here this is what i'm thinking what do you think right and out of that it can be surveys it can be but it has to be that conversation with the person with the people you're designing something for you can't you know you cannot figure this stuff out and i think Quite often I feel people are worried about, you know, that sense like, oh, you only get one first expression, so you want that to be perfect. Well, you might ruin your first impression with the first person you come across, but, you know, there's like how many people in the world, like the world won't end. Mm -hmm. And even that I would want to question. You know, I've, I've gotten jobs because in interviews I sat there saying, look, I don't know how to do this. This particular thing that you've got on your list of skills you need, I'm no good at it because I don't consider it that important and it's not my strength. I can learn it if you need me to, but it's not my thing. They told me later, I they gave me the job because I was the only person who was open enough to say, you know, everybody else waffled around and pretended to know it. So I wasn't perfect. There was a big piece that they wanted that I didn't have. And I still got the job. So even that connection is not being perfect, not having everything perfect. Will that even ruin your first impression? Even that's not, you can't prove that to me if you try. I think you've made two really important points. And again, around context of, of where, of what needs to be ready for when. Um, because you're tapping into the idea here about true authenticity and about actually staying in your lane. Because if we are, you know, trying to fudge what we can and can't do and people recognise that, there's a disappointment on the other end. And at the very beginning, sometimes, you know, we're baby coaches, we're baby in business, etc. There's things that we don't know. We've got to travel the, the, the mastery route to some degree. Um, it doesn't mean that we can't get better at it and learn it, but there is sometimes there's a reluctance to actually own where you are because as if that's not good enough to be at that state and that level we have to be better all the time or prove that we're better so of course that that's going to make you want to hold back that's going to make you want to feel I can't show people just in case they think I'm not very good at all and and that's such a, a such a, a simple untruth to to unravel at the start um and I think the second thing in about that first impression is that it depends on the context that you're in you know, I remember getting really put off going to a, a, a music audition when my then teacher, she's 25, 30 years ago now, but she said, don't audition for this particular company because if they, uh, you know, until you're ready. And it was a double-edged sword because don't audition for this company until you're ready because if they hear you once and they don't, you know, they don't think you're ready, they won't hear you for another two years. And I was so scared. Because there was kind of like a truth in it. They were so advanced as a company. They wanted you to be a certain standard and know that you were, you know, and go ready. But it, it kind of put me off because, it, I, you know, it wouldn't have made any difference. So what if they didn't hear me for another two years? But I got so put off by that that I was terrified that I had to be ready and right all the time. And this idea of I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready 
just took on a whole new level of fear that was so, so unhelpful to my beginner progress in, in a new industry. I mean, that, and that's 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 where why this is even worth talking about, you know, because you can try all you want to get as good as you want. But if it holds you back from actually doing the thing that will get you to that mastery, you know, so if you say you want to be a coach and if you kind of don't want to offer your coaching to somebody because you're worried you're not good enough, how are you ever going to develop mastery? You know, the only way you get good at something is by doing it a lot. You know, and if that requires you being honest with somebody, say, hey, I need a guinea pig. Well, then do that, like whatever it takes. But you can't, you know, that's the thing is I always love this idea of, you know, imagine you want to hike up a mountain and you kind of sit there and think I need to. Yeah, you want to plan, you know, you want to wear the right gear. You want to take the backpack. You need, you need your water like you can plan things, but you cannot sit there thinking, oh, let me wait here and plan out i need to see every step of the entire route before i can take a first step just that that just doesn't work you know because you cannot look around the corner you're going to have to start moving you know to give yourself the chance to gain the skills and gain that experience that allows you to have that mastery where you know all of a sudden perfectionism isn't really a thing anymore and i think that's a perfect analogy of of which challenges you choose to take on the way through because as a if I was a baby mountain climber I wouldn't be taking on Everest unless I had you know if I was ever going to do that you've got to go with serious experienced people so the value of mentorship the value of being around people that have gone up those places before you cannot be underestimated but there's also the ability to actually start with a smaller mountain Start with something that's going to give you a feeling of success and then learn to actually, you know, sort of raise the, the, the bar on, on what's possible for you as you go through. And I think that's a really important point all the way back to we were talking about investing and growing your business and who to grow it with is find people that are two to five steps ahead of you because they are going to remember what the journey is like right now. They're building it. If you are right at the beginning and you're working with somebody that's so advanced they can't remember what the beginning is what they're going to give you is the overall milestones and they might be missing lots of steps because they're now masters of this and they're so far advanced they can't actually remember what it's like to actually deal with the nuance and they're going to be bored with you at that beginner stage and you're going to feel overwhelmed with with where they are so find people that you can travel with along this journey that's going to make it really accessible for you um, and choose your challenges wisely at the beginning and learn to craft your skill. And as you do that, I think you will also find that you feel less, you feel more authentic and you feel less inclined to make sure that all your ducks are lined up in a row before you even leave the house in the morning. Final thoughts. Yeah, ducks are highly overrated. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, um, we'd love to know your thoughts. Do leave us a review, leave us a comment. And until next time, take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. 
Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. To grab this episode's free resource, visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections, and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.